Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, I've been okay. It's been a bit hit and miss. It's certainly not the best weather to be pasty, pale and ginger, but I have come through the last few days relatively unscathed and I'm raring to go. Well, I'm glad you've dealt with the heat thus far and I'm glad you've made it on this show. But last and certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, another Tottenham signing completed. You must be delighted with their summer business so far. Yeah, I mean, look, only six through the door. I mean, it's completely unlike Tottenham, kind of what we're doing at the moment. You know, getting in all the, pretty much all the stuff we wanted to get done before the season even starts. So obviously delighted about that. But obviously today a bit of a different focus. You know, we're going down to the lower league. So uh, I'm interested to talk about that as well. So yeah, should be a good one. It should indeed. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Well, on this week's episode, we're going to the wonderful world of the EFL, as we're going to take a deep dive into each of the three divisions and assess the potential ups and downs next May. Which means there's no better place to start than the Championship, and James, with Norwich being the perennial yo-yo club, shall we say, will Dean Smith lead the current favourites back to the promised land at the end of the season? Well, I don't think anyone would be particularly surprised if they did, largely because Norwich have managed to keep hold of a relatively strong championship side that, let's face it, wasn't particularly close to being good enough to survive in the Premier League. And in addition to that, I don't see many potential promotion pretenders that can get in the way. I think Middlesbrough might be up there this year under Chris Wilder. Sheffield United should be ready to give it another crack again as well. But aside from that, I'm not all that inspired. So this is a golden opportunity for Norwich to bounce straight back up again. Now, Jamie, although Dean Smith was in charge of the Canaries relegation last season, many would agree that his appointment was made with this league in mind. Do you think the former Aston Villa boss is the right man for the job? And are their current odds of 11-2 to worth a punt for you? Yeah, I, I think Norwich will probably be too strong again for this division. I can see them coming straight back up. Of course, you know, we always go on about them, this, you know, this club being, you know, a yo-yo club, and of course the same with Fulham as well. But look, they've just seemed to have assembled a, a, a team that just seems to be not good enough for the Premier League, but also too good for the Championship. It's such a weird thing, and of course, as James mentioned, you know, they've managed to keep hold of of most of their top players. I think Timo Pukki, of, of course, staying. You know, Rashika staying. You've got the likes of Max Ahrens as well, Tim Krul, who's a very good goalkeeper as well. So. I just think they're going to be too good. And I think we'll see kind of a similar situation with, with how Fulham dominated the, the, the um, championship last season. I think we'll see that with Norwich again. I just think they're going to be too good for the rest of the division. I think they're still a side that are very strong. And as you say, with the odds of 11-2 to, to to go get promoted, I think those seem to be really good for me as well. And I just think when you've got a player like Timo Pukki, like Fulham did with, with Mitrovic, 
I just think he's going to be such a crucial player. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. And uh, I'm sure, as we'll touch on later on, I think he's certainly going to be up there in terms of the goal scorers. Well, James, next up we go to Vicarage Road and Watford's current manager is Rob Edwards. Although it could be absolutely anyone by the end of the season or even by the end of this month. So in terms of their appointment as of now, it's not their usual ilk. So is this finally a change of thinking by the Watford board? Uh, I mean, I'm not particularly inclined to think so. Rob Edwards is Watford's 18th managerial appointment in the last decade. So the numbers don't look great for him. And a bad start could see him under the cosh pretty quickly. And their opening three games are about as tricky as you can get at this level. The Hornets face Sheffield United, Burnley and West Brom in their first few weeks of the campaign. But I think ultimately the proof is in the pudding with the Pozzo family. Will they stick by Rob Edwards if things aren't going to plan? I don't quite think so, but we'll see. Now, Jamie, obviously, Rob Edwards had success with Forest Green last season and was on the move straight after. So there's no experience of the cut and thrust of the championship. Is he going to help Watford to promotion? And are odds of 7-1 to to win outright too high, in your opinion? Well, I definitely think it's an interesting appointment for sure. I mean, to see the job he did with Forest Green Rovers to take them up into League One was certainly a very, you know, it was a massive achievement for him. But it would be just interesting to see kind of how he does get on in, in that step up. I think if you look at the 7-1 to odds, I think they are that for a reason because they've got a manager there who who probably isn't quite tested at that level and, and that's why they're going to be you know, very interesting to see how they get on uh, next season. They've lost a couple of key players as well, the likes of Musa Soko moving on, Josh King, Andre Gray, uh, Cucho Hernandez, um, all leaving as well. So they've lost a lot of key players, so that could be interesting to see how, kind of how they cope with that. But for me, I, I don't really fancy them to go up straight away. I just think they're, they're a side, as I said, with a manager who's not particularly experienced at that level. They've lost some key players, so I think they could potentially stay in the Championship uh, next season. Yeah, I would agree with that, because although Watford have seemingly changed tact in their managerial appointment, I think it actually might be their undoing, strangely enough. Their short-termism is handy when it gets them out of the Championship, although the Premier League is a different beast. I just feel that Rob Edwards is kind of as we sort of said, there's no experience at this level. Now, sometimes you can harness that and go with it and surprise a lot of people, but that coupled with the departures that you mentioned, Jamie, I can't see how the pieces fit together. And I think at 7-1, to one, that might be something to avoid. Which means, James, although the bookmakers are saying that Norwich and Watford are going to be locking up the automatic spots, there will, of course, be a playoff spot also up for grabs. And looking at the current odds, they're suggesting it could be West Brom. Is this something that you agree with? Well, what we'd have to say about West Brom is that they made some very smart additions over the course of the summer. Jed Wallace on a free from Millwall bagged them plenty of points over the course of the campaign. And John Swift from Reading gives that extra gloss in midfield as well. And he's had his injury since joining in January, but Daryl DK is a man who can score goals at this level. And then Steve Bruce, despite his critics, he's a gaffer that can strike a chord in the championship. So they're very much a side to keep an eye on this year. Jamie, with that said, Steve Bruce was installed at the second half of last season and somehow managed to take the club out of the playoffs. So do you think the pressure is on his shoulders to deliver this time? Is it promotional bust for the former Newcastle boss? Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I'm not so convinced as maybe James is on, on West Brom next season. I just think it was such an odd appointment. And of course, as you mentioned, you know, the way he took them out of the, uh, the playoffs. Of course, they were in, in, a, in a difficult period anyway. And that's, of course, why they got rid of their previous manager. But it was just seemed like such an odd appointment with the aim of, of going for promotion, bringing in a manager like Steve Bruce. I just wasn't sure that that seemed to be kind of the right man. So, you know, of course, if, they, if you know he's going to be under big pressure, I think that that's certainly going to be the aim for them this season to get promotion. So, you know, that is going to be big pressure on his shoulders. Um, and to be honest, I, I just don't think he's going to be the right man to do it. So I can kind of see him being one of the first managers 
to maybe be sacked. I think that that's certainly something that I'd be looking at in terms of the odds. Um, but yeah, I just don't fancy West Brom's chance. I just don't think Steve Bruce is, is kind of the right man to take them um, back into the Premier League. Yeah, I'm not getting that vibe either, to be honest. I feel that the trajectory of last season almost sort of says what is going to be happening this time around. I know you shouldn't really look too much as a precursor to the season before. Like Everyone starts at zero, but there's just no momentum. There's no kind of feel of vibe at the Hawthorns. I just feel that Steve Bruce is kind of damaged goods almost. You know, Out of Newcastle, into West Brom, went backwards there. I'm not seeing it, unfortunately, for Baggies fans. But James, we mentioned Chris Wilder at the start of the show. We also mentioned him last season in our shows as to where he could potentially be manager. With that said, he's still the Middlesbrough boss. The question is, can he take the Riverside outfit out of their extended exile in the second tier and at odds of 9-1 to outright, what do you make of their chances this season? Yeah, I think they should be good for at least a top six place. It was poor away form that denied them a place in the playoff party last season, but Chris Wilder will seize that, I'm sure. The Bruin Daryl Lenehan, who's a good signing in the heart of defence and I've been a fan of his since his Burton Albion days and he's really kicked on the last two or three years at Blackburn, so he'll do a job for them. While there aren't really any glamorous names in this borough side, there's no reason to deter punters from backing them, as that's what everyone said about Wilder's Chef U side a few years ago, and look what they did then. So Borough's certainly a good each way better, I think. Well, let's go to his old club, Sheffield United. Jamie, they were in the playoff mix last season. They're in it again this time round. They missed out in the semi-finals under Paul Heckingbottom. He's still in charge at the moment. Could he lead them to Wembley this time round? Yeah, look, just on Middlesbrough, I do really like them. And of course, Chris Wilder as well. I think he's a fantastic manager. We, of course, saw the job he did at Sheffield United, did a brilliant job there. So I really fancy Middlesbrough to do well this season. But in terms of his old club, I I actually think they probably missed their chance last season. And and we're obviously unlucky to do so. Um, Of course, losing that playoff semi-final. Um, You know, they obviously did very well, you know, to reach that, that stage in the playoffs. I think they had a good squad and obviously a decent manager as well. But I think the chance may have passed them by, of course, with... You know, losing Morgan Gibbs-White, who's going back to his parent club in Wolves, I think that that's going to be a big blow for them. I think he was such a key player for them last season. So to kind of be without him, I think that that could leave a real hole in their team. Maybe if they're able to kind of find a player who's able to replace those those goals they're going to lose through him and his impact on the team, then maybe they might stand a chance because roughly they've still got kind of the, the same outline of the team they had last season. So... But I think to lose a key player like that, I think that that's going to really impact them and, and probably will see them uh, fall short in their in their quest for, for promotion. Now, of course, the other relegated club out of the Premier League last season was Burnley. And now they have Vincent Company at the helm. They're only 12-1 to 1 to win the Championship and return to the Premier League at the first time of asking. The question here, James, is whether the Clarets have made the right appointment. I'd say really. He certainly did well at Anderlecht with a 45% win record. Can't complain too much with that, but... Championship will be a totally new experience for him and the second tier has made mincemeat of many a man so the jury is still very much out on that front and in regards to Burnley themselves not particularly sold on them as promotion candidates they've lost Nathan Collins to Wolves Maxwell Cornet surely on the way out at Turf Moor as well then you look around the squad and there isn't too much inspiration there unless they spend some money but for one reason or another I just can't see them splashing the cash Well I don't think they've got any cash have they? I think they were saddled with what a £60 million payment if they were to go down, they have gone down. There's also the leverage buyout, which took place anyway, which took a lot out of the cash reserves when the current owners took hold of the club. So you're kind of thinking, where is the budget for them to go up? Add the unknown quantity of Vincent Company. Yes, you're right, he has managed in Belgium, but you also 
very more right in the sense that the championship is a really, really difficult beast. It's a war of attrition at the best of times, so I'm not too sure how these two entities work together. But that said, Jamie, staying in East Lancashire now, Blackburn have also made their own continental managerial appointment, and it's also something of a surprise. John Dahl Thomason. Now, he's been installed. Their odds are 20 to 1 to win the championship. Could the Ewood Park outfit be something of a surprise act next season? Yeah, I think like with Burnley, I think it's going to be quite tricky to see how they're, you know, or kind of predicting how they're going to get on next year with a manager who's kind of a real unknown entity. Um, of course, I think it's going to be a very big risk appointment for them. He's a guy who's not really had a, uh, a proper job in management. Um, of course, we did see him at Malmo. He was there for like a year. Um, and that's kind of really the only job he's had as a manager. So they're certainly taking a big risk here, Blackburn, in, in terms of appointing him. But look, if you look at their squad, they've, of course, managed, you know, it looks like they're going to keep hold of Ben Brereton Diaz. Obviously, last year's had a fantastic year. The problem is he did have that big injury, which, of course, kept him out for a long period of time. And, you know, we saw how they struggled without him. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how he is after that injury, you know, whether that is something that does impact his performances on the pitch. And, you know, if he's not firing, then I think they're really going to struggle. So, you know, at the moment, I think they're going to be very reliant on Ben Brereton Diaz. And it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on. And, uh, you know, if he's not able to get over that injury, then I certainly don't think they're a side that will go up. But uh, if he is firing, then, uh, then you'd surely have to say they've got a chance because he is a very talented player for sure. Yeah, they certainly run out of steam in the second half of the season. Part of that was due to... Berrettin Diaz's injury, and also I think Tony Mowbray just hit the end of the, the cycle of his time at Ewood Park. So it'll be interesting to see what a new man can do. I think Blackburn will be largely unfancied. Again, they're going to be an unknown quantity under John Dale Thompson. So it's going to be interesting to see what can happen. But I think keeping hold of their talisman is going to be hugely important to their promotion bid. Now let's go to the foot of the table, because Birmingham have reportedly been purchased by a consortium involving ex-Argentina star Maxi Lopez. However, James, will it be enough to save the club, which is currently second favourites for the drop? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that they won't be making any moves for a certain Mauro Icardi. But yeah, moving on for that, it's not looking good for Blues, is it? They certainly don't have much of a squad heading into the new season and the uncertainty off the pitch is almost certain to have an effect on proceedings on it. John Eustace is an unknown managerial quantity at this level, but he knows the championship and I think he's a pretty shrewd appointment, actually, and still fighting attitude in that squad and get them battling, which is what they'll need to do because they weren't a pretty side on the eye last season and that brand of football isn't likely to be on the menu once again this time around. But it's certainly going to be a tricky campaign for them this time. Which means, Jamie, if they are second favourites, it is Rotherham who are propping up the division at the time of recording. I'm sure 21st will be the target at the end of the season. The question here is whether they can get there. Yeah, well, I think last year we've, of course, got a lot of enemies last year with the likes of Everton <laughs> being added to the list. And unfortunately... Probably going to add the Chuckle Brothers to that list because, uh, yeah, I don't give them much chance of, of staying in the division. I think they're going to have a, a pretty tricky time in staying up. I just don't think they'll get enough business done to, to kind of make them strong enough to, to stay in that division. I think they've signed, you know, former Man City player uh, Cameron Humphreys, who could be a quite a smart signing. I think he was signed on, on a free transfer as well. So adding a little bit of experience there. Um, but I think if you just look at the rest of the sides in that division, I just don't think that they're, they're, they're strong enough to, to kind of stay stay up this year. So for me, I think they're definitely a side. I would be looking to, you know, looking to go down this year. And I think it's no surprise why they are favourites to go down this season. Right, let's have a quick chat about the Championship Golden Boot. James, it is Timu Puki, who's the current favourite. At 32 years of age, can Dean Smith get another tune out of him? Or do you reckon Father Time will finally catch up with the Finn? Uh, he's certainly a logical pick, isn't he? He's almost certain to play every game for the Canaries. And 
He's got great goal scoring pedigree at this level. He's not the sort of player who relies on pace for that those kind of stats. So he should be all right on the age front. The best price eight one is certainly appealing for a Norwich side that will undoubtedly be up there and creating chances. But it's a left field punt. I'm going to go for Michael Obafemi of Swansea. He's a bit of a streaky goal scorer, but there's a lot to like about him. There's plenty of talent in there and. The Welshman can kick on under Russell Martin. He's got a chance of being up there in the Golden Boot race. And I really like his odds, actually, at 14-1. to 1. Well, let's stay in Swansea then, because if Timmy Pukit is the favourite at 8-1, to 1, it's Joel Perrault, who's second favourite, at 11s. Last season, just short of a goal every other game, that being 22-45. Jamie, what do you make of his chances? Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a really good pick up there from Swansea to get him in. I mean, he just proved to be an unbelievable signing for them. And kind of, I think towards the end of the season, they picked up a little bit and maybe there might be a side that, that kind of do push for promotion. I think they'll probably be just short. But I think with a player like him, I think he, he, he is certainly a guy who will have them up there. But for me, I do think it will be Timu Puk, you know, that will finish as the top scorer. I just like him a lot in terms of so proven in the championship. I think Norwich, as I said, are going to be a side that are going to be right up there. And, and just being in that stronger team than compared to likes of Joel Perot, I think that that will probably give Puki the edge. So I, I, I really fancy Puki here. And especially at 8-1, I do like those odds. Um, but having said that, I think with Joel Perot, I, I definitely think he's going to be a guy that, that maybe Premier League clubs might start looking at in January, certainly a guy who maybe the lower half clubs um, in, in the top division will start to look at. But yeah, he seems like a, a really good bit of business there from, from Swansea to have got him last season and was, as you mentioned, was was fantastic. So I'm sure he'll be up there. But for me, I'm going to go for Timu Puki to be the top scorer. Right, that wraps up the Championship preview. Let's go to our long shot Acker next. Firstly, there was no Acker win outright. But, Jamie, please take a bow after a sensational pick on Paolo Dybala moving to Roma. It's not quite over the line, but it's nearly there. Well played indeed. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously an interesting one. I, I kind of looked at the, the situation at Roma. Obviously, it looked like they did need to add another forward. And, of course, you know, Dybala's kind of um, list of clubs that he could have joined was kind of starting to go down a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously ended up at, at Roma. You know, not going to be in the Champions League next year. So that's quite quite an interesting one. But anyway, for my, this week, I'm going to go a little bit ahead in terms of, you know, maybe the thinking, maybe giving the listeners a bit of time to prepare. And I'm going to go for the opening night of the Championship. Um, it's caused between Huddersfield and Burnley. I think a game that's going to be a very, very feisty one. Um, obviously, a very hostile atmosphere there, I'm sure. Um, I'm going to go for a draw in this one at 23-11. to 11. Um, as I said, I just think this one's going to be kind of a, a really close battle between these two teams um, on that opening night. And uh, I think there'll be a draw in this one. And as I said, I'm going to go for Huddersfield and Burnley to draw on the opening night at 23 to 11. OK, that's a slightly bit of long term picking there. James, are you looking to the future or is it the now? What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm looking a little bit more short-term, and I'm going to go to MLS. And only two points separate Seattle Sounders and Colorado Rapids in the Western Conference. But Sounders have lost the last three, while the Rapids are unbeaten in that stretch. And they also won the reverse fixture back in May. So I'm going to take a punt on the away win here at 12-5. to Fantastic. I'm going to join you on a flight to America, but then I'm going to get a connecting flight to Colombia because Millionarios have been ahead at the interval in seven of the last 20 matches and then won 11 during the same stretch. So I'm going to back success at minute 45 and 90, that being the half-time and full-time, when they play host to Envigado on Saturday. Yes, I've dug really deep on that one. That's evens. I like the sound of that one. So we've got two short-term picks, one longer-term pick. Hopefully, by the what next weekend, that's a winner. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. 
Right, let's go to League One now and look at the runners and riders in this division. First up, James, is Sheffield Wednesday. Beaten in last season's playoffs and currently 9-2 to win the third tier. What do you make of their chances? I think they'll be up there. They were a very solid outfit last time out. And on another day, they could have beaten Sunderland in the playoffs. They were a bit unlucky at times. And as far as signings go this time around, they've had some good League One experience in the form of Michael Smith from Rotherham, Will Vaux from Cardiff's decent pickup on a free transfer as well. And if they can keep Barry Bannon fit and ticking over, well, they're in with a great chance, I think. Well, Jamie, the second club in the automatic promotion mix is Ipswich. They appointed Kieran McKenna last season after a floundering start. And it looks like he's taking the Portman Road outfit in the right direction. Do you think he can take them to the championship? Yeah, for sure. I think they'll be kind of contenders for promotion next season. I think, as you, as you mentioned, McKenna did a fantastic job and you know, went in there, got an instant response, won four of his first five matches there. Then in total, uh, they lost his four, four of their, their 20 league matches, which he took charge of. So a guy who's, who's certainly impressed there. They finished the season very strong. They finished with a 4-0 win over Charlton. Um, so certainly showed signs that they, they, they mean business next year. So I think Ipswich, I can certainly see them being up there next season. Now, James, we must focus on your beloved Derby County. Relegation, yes, but new owners also. What is a realistic season from a fan's point of view? Well, I think the overwhelming feeling is one of genuine optimism this season. The signings Derby have made in the close season so far have been really impressive and just show that, you know, despite problems off the pitch, the Rams represent a huge pool to players looking to make that progressive step in their careers. Tom Barcus and James Collins Nathaniel Mendes-Liang are just three of the proven players Liam Rossini has brought on board. The squad certainly needs filling out a little bit more. We could perhaps do with some youthful legs in there as well to complement the experienced campaigners that have been brought in. And inevitably, we will lose one or two. The likes of Jason Knight and Christian Bielik have attracted interest from elsewhere and would likely command a chunky transfer if he would further aid the rebuild. But on the whole, providing further faces come in, I think top six is a very realistic goal for the Rams. Which means, Jamie, if we look at this from a neutral perspective, Wayne Rooney has moved on to DC United, but Liam Rossini has been given the reins on an interim basis at least. Can he help Derby live up to their current 7-1 to odds for the title? Yeah, I mean, I think as James said, I think you definitely expect Derby to be up there next year. Of course, fought very well to stay in the championship and were, were pretty unfortunate not to stay up, of course, with all the on uh, ongoings off the pitch last season and a lot of distractions. James also mentioned there that they made some interesting signings as well with a lot of experience being brought in. So that, that'll be certainly stand them in good stead for, for maybe returning straight back to the championship. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they get on to, to responding to losing Wayne Rooney. Of course, he did a fantastic job and was obviously a guy who was loved by the supporters. So to lose him will be, will be interesting to see how they respond. But I just think they have done enough in, in, the, in the transfer window to probably see them gain promotion again. So I do really like the look of them. Um, seven to one to win to, to get the title. I think that's fairly good value, but I think I'd, I'd be looking more at just going, you know, getting promotion this year. I think that that's probably where I'd be looking at. I'm not quite sure they'll be strong enough to win the title, but I think in terms of promotion, I definitely can see that happening for Derby. Let's move east now, and we go to a yo-yo club between the second and third tiers. That being Peterborough. Now, James, I think this is Darren Ferguson's seventeenth stint in charge of the club. Is it one that leads to promotion at the end of the season? Yeah, they're a bit like the Norwich of League One, aren't they? The posh do tend to find a way, but not overly convinced this time around. I think some really strong sides in League One this year, and I think they'll probably just get lost in the shuffle this time. The success will largely be down to the form of Johnson Clark Harris, of course. He scored 33 goals in his last League One campaign a couple of years ago. So if he's firing, then they have a chance. But if not, it'll probably be mid-table obscurity, I think. 
Jamie, when you look at the makeup of League One, there are some big names in there in terms of footballing clubs, one of those being Portsmouth. Always there or thereabouts when it comes to the promotion conversation, but what can they do this season that odds are 14-1? to 1? Yeah, I, I do like their odds for the, or, or certainly their chances of finishing in the top six. They are 11 to 8 to do that, and I, I certainly think they, they will do that about. Um, one of my close friends, actually, a Portsmouth fan, so for a long time I've been hearing him moaning about them just being short of, of not of, um, you know, getting back into the championship. Of course, over the last couple of years, they have fallen just short, you know, losing in the playoffs, um, of course, just missing out on playoffs. But this year, I do think they will at least make the top six. I do fancy their chances that, you know, speaking to him kind of about their recruitment, it does seem like they've added kind of very well in midfield and defence. The big problem they might have is in terms of a goal scorer. Um, they've just sold one of their wingers, who's, who's pretty much their only goal scorer. They went into pre-season without a striker. And the only reason they've done so far is, is getting one in on loan. So I think they might need a bit more firepower, but... I, I, I think they will have enough to kind of finish in that top six. And I do really like the look of them doing that. Well, 14 to 1 outright is the same odds as Milton Keynes currently find themselves at. And once again, James, this is another team which is always trying to have a say in terms of playoff football. Can they bridge the gap between that and automatic promotion this season? Uh, I think they'll have it a bit tougher this season. Down the loss of Scott Twine, who moved on to Burnley, is a huge blow to them, not only in the goals department, but also as their chief creative threat as well. So I do worry about them a little bit. Although, that said, they have made some decent additions. Will Grigg had a good spell for them a number of years ago, and he's back at Stadium MK. Well, Bradley Johnson will add some bite and heart in midfield. So they could be in with a sniff of the top six place this year, but I think automatics are probably beyond them. Now, let's stay in that price bracket, because Bolton are at the same price of 14-1. to 1. They're slowly continuing their resurgence up the league ladder. Jamie, what do you make of their chances for the 2023 mm. season? Yeah, I mean, Bolton are definitely an interesting one. I, I again, like Portsmouth, I, I kind of fancy them as, as contenders for those playoff spots. Um, as you said, they're making, you know, some good progression at the moment. Last year, they finished the season very strong. Uh, they won all of their last four games um, and they lost just uh, four times in the last 22 league matches. So certainly a side that, that finished the season very strong. And I think given that, that that strong end to the season, I think that that will kind of be, you know, stand them in good stead for next year. And I think they'll definitely be a side kind of knocking on that door for, for the uh, the playoffs, at least. Now, let's look at the other team that was relegated last season. That was Barnsley. Only 16-1 to 1 for the Tykes to win League One. James, the bookmakers are predicting something of a struggle this season. Is this something that you would agree with? I think so, yeah. They struggled badly at times in the Championship last season and have lost a number of key players too. The likes of Carlton Morris and Corley Woodrow have moved on, both to Luton actually in the Championship. That's a lot of League One experience and goals taken out of the team. James Norwood has been brought in from Ipswich to plug that particular gap, but his scoring record at this level is nothing to get particularly excited about and I think it's going to be a pretty ordinary season for the Tigers, I'm afraid. Well, those odds are also attached to Wickham and Jamie, with them missing out on promotion in last season's League One playoff final, is there a sense of potential deflation? Dare I say, has Gareth Ainsworth done all he can? Is this going to be a difficult campaign for them? Yeah, well, I mean, look, Gareth Ainsworth, he's certainly done a very good job there. But, you know, maybe it could be a case of he has been there for quite a long time. And, you know, to have that disappointment of, of losing in the playoffs last year could be something that, that could hurt them a little bit next year. But I, I don't think so, actually. I just I think there'll certainly be a team that will be up there again. Again, they finished the season very strong. They were undefeated in the last 12 matches to make the playoffs. So 
They're a side that are, you know, very much proven at League uh, at League One level. So I, I do fancy them to be there again. It was kind of maybe a, a run between December and February where they had a, a very rough patch um, and probably stopped them from doing much more than just getting into the playoffs. I, I think they will be up there again. I, I don't think they'll have too many problems in terms of responding from that disappointment of losing the playoffs. Um, I think Wickham will be a side that will definitely be looking to finish in that top six again. OK, let's look at two teams that were promoted now. Bristol Rovers for you, James. They earned promotion in the most dramatic of fashions last season. They're 40-1 to 1 to do the business under Joey Barton. How do you see their season panning out? Uh, I don't have them particularly close to the top of my list of promotion candidates from League One. I think survival will be the name of the game for Joey Barton. But he has experience of grinding results out in this division thanks to his split at Fleetwood. I think he got them to the playoffs a couple of years ago as well. But... This time around, he won't have the services of Elliot Anderson to rely on. The Newcastle Loney shone last season for Rovers, but he'll probably get championship football this season. I think they'll be OK, though. They'll probably avoid the drop, but anything more than that will be a bonus. Well, the other promoted team that we're going to focus on is Forest Green. As mentioned earlier, they've lost their manager in Rob Edwards. Jamie, they're now 50-1 to under Ian Birchnell. Is this season going to be more a case of consolidation? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, a fantastic achievement for them to get that promotion into League One. But I think, as you mentioned, it will just be a case of trying to stay in that division. But I do fear for them a little bit. I think to have lost their manager in, in Rob Edwards, as we, as we said, I think that that could be a big a big distraction for them. Um, and of course, you know, it was obviously a very bitter fallout as well. Obviously, we saw it all over Sky Sports News with those interviews. I think it was the chairman, um, you know, speaking about it. So I think that that could be a big distraction. And was he was a fan, you know, did a fantastic job there. So to lose him, I do kind of fear the worst for Forest Green Rovers uh, this season. Once again, let's chat about the golden boot at League One level as well. James, in the third tier, it's Johnson Clark Harris who is the favourite. It's fair to say that League One is perhaps his more natural habitat. Does 7-1 to one do enough to tempt you? Yeah, you could say that, although he did have a decent season in the Championship with a dozen goals last season. But yeah, I'm with you. He'll be licking his lips. The prospects are banging a few in at third tier level. And as far as other options go, I think James Collins of Derby has potentially scored a ton of goals in League One and will be champion at the bit, having not really played much for Cardiff in the Championship last season. And Sticking with Derby, David McGoldrick might take some fancies at 25 to 1, but my shout here is 16 to 1 shot Cole Stockton after he bagged 26 from Morecambe last season, including a few screamers as well. So he's one to keep an eye out on. Well, Jamie, if the winner is not going to be a member of the posh, it could just as easily be Matt Taylor. Again, nearly a goal every other game, this time 18 and 35. What do you make of his pedigree at odds of 12 to 1? Yeah, I, th I think those are pretty nice odds, to be fair. As you, as you mentioned, he had a great season last year for Oxford United, scoring 22 league goals. So, you know, he's certainly going to be a guy that's up there. But I, unfortunately, you know, a bit like with Timo Pukki, I think it's very difficult to look past Clark Harris. I think he's a guy who, you know, is, is so very, is very much proven at that level. Of course, the last time he was in that division, he got 31 goals. And again, as James said, he got 12 goals in the championships last season. So a good year for him, despite the, um, despite his team being relegated. So, um, yeah, I, I do like the look of Clark Harris here, especially at 7-1 to one as well. I think he's just so proven at that level that uh, I think it's difficult to look past him, really. Right, before we move on to League 2, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. This week, it doesn't matter where it is in the world, I just want that outcome spot on. Now, James, congratulations on getting the England women's results spot on last week. So that means, Jamie, I shall start with you this time around. 
Yeah, I'm not going to go too far ahead this time. Um, and I'm going to go for the Bundesliga too. I think you guys went for it last week, so I've had a little look at it. Um, and I'm going to go for Dusseldorf uh, to draw two all with Paraborn um, at 11-2. to I think both teams are victorious on the opening day of the season. Paraborn won 5-0, uh, whilst Dusseldorf, they won 2-1. So two sides who start the season strong. I think this will be a pretty even matchup as well. So um, I'm going to go for a two-all draw in this one, a high-scoring one. But you know, both teams, they managed to score at least two goals on, on that opening day. So I'm backing them to do it again and, uh, and draw this time. It's a great shout. James, what have you got in terms of a correct score this weekend? Yeah, I'm heading to the Swedish top tier for my pick, Dan. It's Hacken versus Djurgården. Although you knew that anyway, didn't you? I did. I've won all of the last six meetings between the two, keeping four clean sheets along the way as well. So I'll go for 2-0 to Djurgården here. And on a completely unrelated note, I can't wait for English football to return in a week and a half's time. Top man and also top picks for you both. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, time to look at League 2 runners and riders now. And James, after winning the National League last season, Stockport currently find themselves a 6-1 to favourites to win League 2. Will they make light work of their new competition? Yeah, they're my picks to go up. They've made some good signings for League 2 level as well. Fraser Horsfall from Northampton is a great pickup, as is Callum Camp from Fleetwood on a free transfer. And they've got money to spend should they need to do so. So expect a few more faces to come through the door. And they certainly wouldn't be the first side to achieve back-to-back promotions from Conference to League 1. And I fancy them to join that list this season. Now, Jamie, in a sense, does this also show how much quality there is in the National League in that clubs in the fifth tier can not only hold their own in League 2, but also mount a promotion bid at the very least? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously really interesting to see kind of them come straight up into League Two and and, and be those favourites. They've got some, you know, some real goal scorers in that team as well with the likes of Paddy Madden, of course, with Carl Wooten as well. So, you know, got some goals in that team for sure. But yeah, I mean, if you, you just have to look at kind of uh, the National League and look at some of the clubs that are in it and, and it's very strong. It's a very strong division and kind of that parity between those two leagues in, in terms of the, the National League and League Two. You know, it's it's all very close, so it's it's very interesting to see Stockport come up and um, you know and be those favourites. So yeah, a very very interesting division. It just shows you how strong English football is as kind of you know a whole collective. It's you know really great to see how it's always so competitive in these lower leagues. And uh, yeah, very interesting to see that Stockport are the favourites this year. Well, I think when you look at English football as a whole, the National League, the fifth tier, is all but professional now, isn't it? There used to be a clear distinction between professional football and then non-league but the lines have been blurred so much over the past few years and you're right Jamie the teams that are stuck in that tier it's so difficult to get out of if you don't get out there first time around it's also making a great case for three up three down out of league two whether they can finally push that extra promotion place in the next couple of seasons I don't know but it is it's a fascinating pyramid of football and as you say these teams can quite easily jump from national league league two league one in just a couple of seasons But James, another team that will be aiming for promotion this season is Bradford. They're somewhat surprisingly under the stewardship of Mark Hughes these days. Kind of gone under the radar, but this time they're 7-1 to to win the title. Is that worth your consideration? Yeah, well, they've hovered under the radar for a number of years now, Bradford. But the appointment of Mark Hughes was a statement of intent last season and they've carried that on with some big signings in the summer. And one of those is Richard Smallwood. And he was playing championship football of Hull last season, but he's made the drop down to League 2. Harry Chapman on a free from Blackburn could be a shrewd move if he finds his form again. And Jamie Walker from Hearts could be a decent signing as well. So plenty to like about them. And I think 7-1 is a decent price that will see them right up there. While Jamie, Salford are known as the big money club of League 2. But promotion has not come their way yet. They're 5-2 for automatic promotion at the end of the season. Is this a bet that takes your fancy? 
Um, I, I think in terms of automatic promotion, I'm not so sure they'll be strong enough for that one. I think towards the end of last season, they did suffer a bit of a collapse. Um, the only one, you know, they only, they only managed to pick up two wins in the last seven um, and they ended up 10th in the end. So I don't think there'll be a side who will be going for automatic promotion. But in terms of maybe um, the, looking for the playoffs, I think there will be a side that could be pushing for that. Um, they, you know, they've managed to add some experienced players from the high divisions as well. So that could obviously stand them in, in, in pretty good stead as well and, and maybe, you know, improve on that 10th place finish. I do think they will do that. They've, you know, as you mentioned, there, is, there are a club who has plenty of money. They've got that attraction. So, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll probably add a few more. They've done some good business so far. So I think they'll be pushing for the playoffs, but I, I can't see automatic promotion at the moment for them. What about the team that Bristol Rovers picked on the final day of last season? That being Northampton. James, is this another case where they have to make sure that deflation is not still lurking within the camp? Yeah, with that in mind, I'm incredibly loathe to go near them from a betting perspective. Until I just see how they respond to that disastrous final day last season. They went on, of course, to crash out of the playoffs at the hands of Mansfield. And the loss of Fraser Horsfall to Stockport is a big one for them as well. One or two others have been linked with moves to League One side, so potentially worrying times for them. But at times, they were the best side in the fourth tier last season. So if they can rediscover some of that form, then they certainly have a fine chance of at least getting into the top seven. Well, with odds of 92 for them to be promoted at the end of the season, Jamie, do you think that they can finally get over the line this time? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do react to that disappointment of missing out on the, on the playoffs last year. But, you know, there's certainly a side that have done some, some good transfer business to make sure that avoids happening again. Um, they've brought in some experienced players. I think Danny Hilton on a free transfer from Luton could be an interesting one. He's, of course, a guy who's very much proven at, at League Two level. He scored over 100 goals in this division. So I, I think that maybe 9-2 to, two to to get promoted, I think that that could be fairly good odds. Mansfield are another outfit who will have to pick themselves up after playoff despair last season. James, they're currently 11-1 to to win the League Two crown. What do you make of their chances? Well, they're a side that aren't afraid of throwing money at a promotion charge. And in Nigel Clough, they've got a very experienced manager. But I don't have them down as promotion contenders this time. I just think there are more primed candidates than them. And one or two have moved on from Nottinghamshire in the summer. Centre-half Farron Rawson, who Derby fans will remember from his academy days. He's moved to League One side Morecambe. So... He'll be a miss, and as far as incomings are concerned, there isn't anyone that particularly excites me. So this could be a tricky season for Mansfield, I think. Four to one are the promotion odds for a relegated Gillingham outfit from last season. Jamie, do you think the Gills will fare better this time around? Yeah, I think they were probably unfortunate to have gone down last season. You know, they only went down on goal difference, so I think there'll be a side that certainly looking to kind of make a, an immediate return. Um, up into League One, as you mentioned, they're at four to one to to get promotion. So I do like those odds, and for a, a side that spent nine seasons in League One, they certainly you know fancy their chances of going straight back and, and making sure they are once again a League One side. So uh, I do like the look of Gillian this year, and especially at four to one. I want to throw in a long shot now, that being my hometown of Crawley, because James, they've been bought by some crypto millionaires who want to make them quote unquote the internet's favourite team. Surely this all ends in tears, or does it? Yeah, it stinks of uh, Ebbsfleet, doesn't it, when they were selling shares for 40 quid a pop, and usually when any marketing slogan tries to brand something as the nation's favourite anything, I usually run a mile. So the same will probably be said of this Crawley side. They had a pretty unspectacular campaign last time out. They had plenty of controversy as well. They conceded plenty of goals too. And I don't think they'll be troubling the playoff chases this time around, I'm afraid, either, Dan. Then again, Jamie, the Red Devils have managed to land Dominic Telford to the surprise of many. And with him having plenty of experience of scoring goals in League Two, 
he may also be worth a look at the Golden Boots Awards at mm. odds of 12 to 1. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a really good signing for Crawley. You know, you got 25 goals in the league last season and I'm sure kind of having that firepower in your team is certainly going to, you know, at least make a, a push for the playoffs. So I do like the look of them. Um, of course, he did finish top of the standings last year in the, in the race of the Golden Boot. So I think to do so again, you know, this season, I think he certainly looks, and especially at 12-1, to 1, that looks like a pretty nice odds. So, yeah, I, I do like the look of, of uh, Telfer being top scorer this season. It is an award which currently sees Paddy Madden as the favourite at odds of 9-1. to I guess, James, if Stockport are to win the league, it's going to be the Irish forwards' goals which will propel them to League One. Yeah, it makes sense to go for a striker from a side that will likely be gunning for a promotion. And a punt on Paddy certainly does make sense. He has a very solid goal-scoring calibre at League One level. So, he have no problem finding the net in the fourth tier. He also comes this season on the back of a 25-goal season for Stockport in the National League. So, I'm absolutely all over this one at 9-1. to well, Jamie, one final shout for the Golden Boot before we wrap up, that being Harry McCurdy of Swindon. Current second favourite odds of 10-1. to 1. Could he also help Swindon's title charge? Yeah, I mean, another interesting one. He got 18 goals last year for them. Um, so you'd certainly think, you know, and especially with them being one of maybe the top sides in the division, I think he should be a strong shout at 10 to 1. But as a, a, a maybe do like the look of Telford quite a lot, especially at 12 to 1. So for me, I think Telford's probably my shout. Yeah, I'll go with some home bias there. I'd like to back Dominic Telford also. I just think he's got the pedigree because I think sometimes you don't necessarily get the winning team with the top goal scorer. I think League Two is a bit more democratic in terms of where the award goes. So I'm going to back my money on Dominic Telford in that one. But before we wrap up, it's time for our final bit of business, which is the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each and combine it into an acre. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. I'll start this week. I'm going to go to the Norwegian Elite Siren because Rosenborg are 9-10 to 10 to beat Tromso. And the reason I'm going for this one is that Tromso are towards the bottom of the Norwegian top flight. They've not won any of their last six. Add the fact that Rosenborg are unbeaten in their last four. And I think that's a very generous price indeed. With that in mind, James, what have you got for me? Yeah, in tribute to Jamie, I'm going to go for it to snow on Christmas Day at even money. I know I'm only kidding, but I'm going to go for MLS, actually. I'm going to go for New York City. I think that would be too strong for an Inter-Miami side this weekend. The New Yorkers were unbeaten in 11 at home, while Phil Neville's Miami side are winless in seven on the road. So I like the look of New York half-time, full-time at 5-4. to four. Sorry, Jamie, I just couldn't help myself. That's a solid pick. I did look the like of that fixture, actually, but I'm glad you picked that as well. So, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? No, I'm promising I'm not looking too far at this one. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for the women's uh, Euros and I'm gonna go for France to beat the Netherlands at 13, uh, 13 to twenty. So uh yeah, I, I think France obviously aside who are gonna be real favourites to win it and uh yeah, I do like the look of those odds. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. I did indeed. Cheers, Dad. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yep, all good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye.